Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. What does it mean to be blessed? What does it mean to be blessed? That's one of those simple questions with not so simple of an answer. Sort of like that old Tootsie Pop commercial, how many licks does it take to get to the center of a Tootsie Pop? Simple question, not so simple answer. And so people will give all sorts of different answers. Okay. Maybe just turn it on and leave it. I don't know. There we go. It's good enough. It's good enough. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. What does it mean to be blessed? Well, the world might give its own answer to this. For those who are unbelieving but still want to have some sense of, of what it means to be blessed. If you take God out of the equation, what would you say? Well, in that sense, to be blessed is to have a life of, of comfort and ease and convenience. You wouldn't want to admit that you were blessed by God, but you would at least say, well, I'm blessed in just a general sense. I've got the good life. But then others, including some Christians, would say, well, no, to be blessed means that you have material prosperity, that God blesses you with riches and with ease and with comfort, with material blessings. This is what's called the prosperity gospel. I think these teachings run absolutely counter to what the Bible itself teaches, to think that God is going to bless you with health and wealth and prosperity, that that's what it means to be blessed. I think it's flat wrong. And it runs counter to what Jesus says in today's gospel. He gives a definition of what it means to be blessed that absolutely upends and overturns every other understanding. What does Jesus say? Jesus says this, Blessed are you who are poor. Blessed are you who are hungry. Blessed are you who weep. Blessed are you who are hated. Now, I don't know about you, but that doesn't sound to me very much like blessing. But that's only the half of it. Because then Jesus goes on and he says, Woe, woe to you who are rich. Woe to you whose bellies are full. Woe to you who laugh now. Woe to you whom everyone speaks well of, who is light. <laughs> now, when I hear Jesus say this, and when he gives these blessings and these, these woes, in my heart, I'm thinking, I sound a little bit more like I'm on the woe side. I don't know about you. So what should we do about that? Well, we might read that and hear, okay, so this is what I need to do in order to become blessed. I need to become poor. I need to become hungry. I need to make people hate me. Now, that doesn't sound right either, does it? I mean, if that were the case, why would the scripture also teach us to be merciful to the poor, to feed those who are hungry and so forth? That would be completely opposite. Instead, we should be saying, okay, you poor folks, keep being poor. Okay, because that's how you're going to merit the blessing of God. It doesn't say that. It tells us to feed the poor, to help to, to weep with those who are weeping, to encourage them. So then what? How are we to understand this backwards blessing of our Lord? Blessed are you who are poor, who are hungry, who are hated, who are weeping. 
Well, think of it like this. Who is it? Who is it who, though he was rich, became poor for your sake and for mine? Who is it who submitted himself, subjected himself to hunger, and not only that, did it while he was dueling with the devil for our sake? Who is it who wept over the brokenness of creation when he saw the death of his friend, when he came to a city, to Jerusalem, that was in rebellion from God's purposes? Who who did that for our sake? And who is it who was hated and reviled and rejected and mocked and ridiculed for us? When we hear it that way, when we read it that way, these words of our Lord, we recognize that when when he speaks these blessings and what it means to be the blessed one, it points us back first and foremost to Jesus himself. That Christ is the blessed one. The one who brings his blessing to you and to me. He is the one that the crowds proclaimed when he came into Jerusalem. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. That's our Lord Jesus for you and for me. He is the one who was hated, who was reviled, who became poor for our sake in order to take all of our woe, the woe that we have merited by our sin. He took your woe and mine onto himself. If you hear and feel some conviction when you hear these words of Jesus and these woes, you should. I do, and I'm sure you do too. But know that it's for precisely that reason that Christ went to the cross to take your woe and mine onto himself so that now in him every spiritual blessing might be yours. That's what the scripture says. Every spiritual blessing is yours in Christ, in whom you have the forgiveness of sins, in whom you have that reconciliation with God. In him you have that blessing. And when we come to the Lord's table, here we come singing, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Christ is present here with us, in with and under the bread and wine, in order to bestow his blessing on you once again, to work that woe out of your system. But maybe you're hearing that and you're still not convinced. (laughs) You say, Pastor, that sounds all well and good, but still in my heart of hearts, I don't feel like I'm one of the blessed ones. I fear that I'm not. To which I have three responses. First of all, your feelings don't matter in this regard. However you might feel, know this, that Christ is ever and always the blessed one for you. Because let's be real, there are some days when you wake up, maybe it's most days, you look in the mirror and you go about your day and you think, I'm not sure I feel so blessed. And that if you look in your navel and you think to yourself, you try to examine your own spiritual temperature, you think, I'm not one of the blessed today. I'm not one of those guys that God likes. Know this and hear me now. Even in those times when you don't feel blessed, Christ is the blessed one for you. And if you feel that woe in your heart, turn to him. He is the one in whom your blessing is found. So if you say, I I don't feel it, pastor, that's okay. Christ feels it for you. But a second response 
that I have to somebody who says, well, I'm not sure that I can identify with these blessings. I'm not all that poor right now. I have been very fortunate in this life. Here's my second response. Today, members of the body of Christ, both here in this place and throughout the world, for them, this is true in an even more profound sense. There are places throughout the world, there are places in our own community where members of the body of Christ are poor, are broken, are hungry and hurting and hated for the sake of Christ. I want you to lift your vision and not just to hear this and read this individualistically, but to hear it in terms of the whole church, the way that the church throughout the world is hurting. And wherever the church is hurting, Every single one of us, members of that body, are hurting as well. But then my third response is this. Today you say, I I don't feel this. I'm not sure that this speaks to me, this blessing and this woe of our Lord. The sad truth is if it's not true for you today, someday it will be. A moment will come, a day, a season, years may come where you are that one who is poor and hungry and hurting. And so I want you to let this word sink deep into your ears today so that you might know that you have comfort in that time, that Christ's blessing has not abandoned you in that. Because this is why he spoke this word. This is why our Lord Jesus spoke this word, to bring comfort to his bruised and broken and burdened people so that you might know that in the midst of those pains, you're still blessed. A man by the name of Eugene O'Kelly wrote a memoir a few years ago entitled Chasing Daylight. And the first sentence of his memoir is this, I was blessed. I was blessed. And he was, by every worldly measure, he was a blessed man. He was CEO of a $4 billion company. He lived in a New York City high-rise. He was able to travel all around the world. He had a loving wife and, and two beautiful daughters. He was blessed by every measure that the world would give. But then at the age of 53... Doctors found three golf ball-sized tumors on his brain. And they told him, Eugene, you've got three months to live. So what does he do? He doesn't get filled with bitterness or resentment. He's a devout man of faith. So he takes, during those three months, as often as he can, he goes to his church to pray. He goes to to find out, to seek out people who have blessed him in his life, to give thanks, to show his gratitude to them. He connects as often as he can, of course, with his family, but also with friends near and far to let them know how they have been so good to him in his life. He takes every opportunity, in other words, to express gratitude, gratitude to God and gratitude to others. And in the midst of that time also, he starts writing this memoir, the first sentence of which is, as I say, I was blessed. 
And you might hear that and you think the accent is on the was. I was blessed. I was living the good life. I had this great job. I had this great family. Everything was going good for me. But then cancer came and ruined it all and I was cursed. Cursed by God, forgotten by him. And so no longer am I blessed. I was blessed, but I'm not now. But that's not what he's saying at all. The first sentence of his memoir is, I was blessed. And the second sentence is this. I had three months to live. Because Eugene O'Kelly recognized that his blessing did not come from his outward circumstances. He wasn't blessed because life was just going smooth and easy for him. He was blessed because of his faith in Christ. That's where the blessing came from regardless of the circumstances. And so when he died, three months later, just as the doctor said, it was not with a frown on his face, but with a grateful smile. And for each and every one of us, you have that blessing in Christ. He is the source of our eternal blessing. And even now, wherever you find yourself, if you find yourself in a situation where you are not poor, where you're not hungry, give thanks to God for that. Because that too is a blessing from him. But know this, that if in this season of life you are hurting and feeling helpless and hopeless, Christ's blessing is for you too. And a day is coming when our Lord will come again and bring his kingdom in full and lay his hand on each and every one of you and say, blessed child, you are mine. And so we'll die, not with a frown upon our faces, but with a grateful smile, because Christ has blessed us. Amen. And may the peace of God that surpasses all understanding keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.